a trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. Our program is brought to you by great sponsors like LifesavingFood.com, also the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage and MonticelloCollege.org. This is where we get together on a regular basis to engage in wrong thinking and also to let you know about good things that are happening. Oh, trust me, if I wanted to sit around and complain about what was wrong, well, I could be doing a 12-hour daily show. Just ask my family, right? They'll tell you. That's what he does, all right. Anyway, I want to welcome a couple of great guests to the program. I want to welcome uh, Porter and, and sorry, Michelle North. <laughs> my, uh, sorry, my, my writing is terrible, and I had to double-check. I welcome both of you. I understand that the two of you are involved with a very important fundraiser that's going to be taking place soon. And this is in support of Operation Underground Railroad. While you can't speak for the organization, you can certainly tell our listeners a little bit about this and the work that you're involved in. Um, first, just to tell me a little bit about yourselves. It sounds like the two of you are pretty freedom-oriented individuals. Sure. Uh, we are, no doubt. Um, and it's funny, Brian, when you were doing this, you see my son's name, Porter, oh, is that come Porter? up. My Sorry. Kish. No, that's perfectly it's fine. Kish. It's Kish. It's Kish. I, <laughs> He, he's as much a freedom fighter as I am, that's <laughs> yes. for sure. So, um, yeah, we, we do a lot of work in the community in, in different uh, functions, but this is a big function for us. Um, we've been part of this for five years plus now, and my wife took the uh, role on last year for this fundraiser, and uh, she could speak a lot about it. But we're, it's really dear to our hearts on, obviously, uh, for us being an abolitionist. Um, we've got six children of our own. And uh, we want to be a voice for children that don't have a voice. Yes, thank you for having us and for letting us share our passion. Um, We're extremely passionate about um, eradicating human trafficking. And how we found out about Operation Underground Railroad is um, five years ago, or actually six years ago when we moved out here, um, we were looking for a CrossFit place. And on TV, they just so happened to be – talking about the new Operation Underground Railroad CrossFit in Draper, Utah. And so Kish and I went over there and we signed up. And of course, being a part of that gym, your dues, the gym dues go back to um, OUR. So we signed up and then that's how we got to know a lot of people. Um, We would see Tim periodically. We would see um, Matt Cooper, which um, that is Tim's like best friend. And he actually became our CrossFit coach. So we kind of know him really well. He's a great guy. Um, So then there was an event that was happening and my husband volunteered my baking goods um, because he knows that I love to bake. So that's how we started out the first um, three years with um, doing this gift of freedom. Um, so can I just get into telling you about Gift of Freedom? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, one thing I want to make clear, and this is this is primarily for my Utah listeners, um, there is an event coming up that we're going to be talking about, and we want them to be able to participate in. So just if if you're in Utah, you need to be you know keeping an ear yes. to the, to the speaker. But tell me tell me about Gift of Freedom. 
So Gift of Freedom was started five years ago um, by a lady named Brittany Carpenter. Her dream was to bring the community together, um, have them bring anything that they wanted to bring, kind of like a yard yard um, sell, um, a sale, yard sale. Um, and so from the past five years, it's kind of grown into asking businesses to donate their product. So it went from used product to now brand new product. So the Gift of Freedom it is a family-friendly event where the, you can bring the kids, and we have um, it's a boutique-style shopping, so everyone can come and do their early holiday shopping. Um, and um, there's bounce houses for the kids. There'll be um, superheroes. We sell things like kid, kids' um, toys and books, um, jewelry, you name it. There's a lot of things there: home decor, furniture, and you get to shop knowing that 100% of the proceeds go back to Operation Underground Railroad. So this event is put on by sponsors, my committee, and um, just the community. Wow. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, human trafficking. When we think of this, or at least when I think of this, the first thing I think of is, oh, yeah, I'm sure in some far off place like Sudan, you know, they're they're trafficking in humans. I know in in Libya, for instance, there are open air slave markets, but uh, human trafficking actually is a lot closer to home than that. It's not just something far off in Africa. Like this isn't like let's feed the starving children on the other side of the world. We're talking about addressing a, a problem that impacts people right here in a first world nation, probably in ways we wouldn't think about. Give us an idea of, of what this pro- the scope of this problem. I, Michelle came, and I can speak of that as well, too, with the things I do. One of the biggest uh, prevalent um, issues in America, this is one of the things that uh, one of the founding fathers of OUR and other uh, groups that do this is, the problem here in America, we always think of what's going on in the third world countries, but it's right in our backyards. Um, you look at what happens at the Super Bowl. Uh, if you do some stats and research, one of the largest days and weeks of uh, predatory predators preying on children is the Super Bowl. Uh, that weekend, it's incredible the amount of kids that are trafficked at that point in time. It's quite sad. But you're so right. When people hear that, they think it's in third world countries. Where where it is, it is prevalent in third world countries. Haiti, for instance, is one of the largest places where kids are trafficked, right? But it is in our backyard. You're talking Florida, it's prevalent. You're talking about the borders now. You're talking about the border of Mexico into, into our country, uh, underground trafficking. And we see it online, uh, real factual things online where – Children are being trafficked through parents that aren't even their parents coming across the border. Um, and to me, that this is, this is a pandemic in and of itself that needs to be addressed. How did, how did the two of you um, become connected with, with this, this fundraising part of Operation Underground Railroad? I'm familiar with Tim Ballard. I'm familiar with some of the work that he's done. I've heard uh, some, some great reports from people who have worked with him. What, uh, what was it that uh, brought you into the same orbit? Well, like Michelle said, we joined the CrossFit gym, and then uh, OUR was having an event up in Draper and uh, the, gala. the gala, and we met a couple gentlemen. We met um, Ed, Smart. Uh, Ed Smart, Elizabeth Smart's dad, mm-hmm. 
And he was very much involved at the time and still is, I think, in the background. But we got there, and that's really how we found a passion for this and found out that it was really relevant today. Wouldn't you agree, honey? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we wanted to do something. We wanted to raise money, but we didn't know how. Yeah. Have, have you done fundraising efforts before? For other causes, we have, yeah. Okay, I just, the reason I ask is because people who, who are not familiar with how fundraising takes place probably have no idea about the amount of behind-the-scenes work, the hours and hours of organizing and networking and, and uh, working with other people to make it happen. So Yeah, uh, and I, I appreciate this interview because this is the first time I've seen my wife in a few weeks. She's worked so hard <laughs> at this event, but it's true. It takes a lot of energy, and it takes some true passion. I, I mean, I'm so proud of my wife. She does so much for this, and it uh, it it not disrupts it. Really, if you look at it, it could disrupt your home, or you can look like it adds value to your home mm-hmm. when you're doing this. So I try to always, even though it could affect me, like it affects the home because it takes away. If you include the family, it actually adds value, right? It teaches the children multiple things. I find it as a big blessing. Um, I find as I'm working and I'm doing these things, I just got home from Spanish Fork. I ran out there to um, go to our storage because right now is the time where we're gathering all the stuff that we've collected from the businesses and we have to price it and we have to get it all ready. Um, But I find it as a a, a blessing. Um, Somebody has to do this. Somebody has to do this work. Like you were mentioning a while ago, um, human trafficking is one of the biggest growing businesses right now. You can sell a kid up to 30 plus times a day, the same child. Um, And that's why it's it's a bigger business than selling drugs because you can only sell drugs once. But a child up to 30 times a day or or more. It's a renewable Mm -hmm. resource are the two wow. words they, uh, yes. and, and, and I apologize for asking for the clarification here, but um, when we talk about, you know, them selling a child, we're talking about selling them into a sexual situation. Is that correct? Like Perfect. prostitution. Yes. Oh my yes. word. Yes. Wow. And, yes. And so somebody needs to uh, do something about it. Um, and it, and the last time that I checked, and this was a couple of years ago, it takes anywhere from five to $10,000 to rescue one child. So sometimes people think, oh, you know, OUR, they have a lot of sponsors. Well, yeah, they may have a lot of sponsors, but every day they need to be raising money because every child, it costs money. Okay, we've got to take a very quick break. I am I'm visiting right now with uh, Michelle and Kish North. We've, we've promoted uh, Kish from Porter to Kish. <laughs> He's back in the driver's seat. We'll take a quick break, pay a couple of bills, and we'll be back right after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I have a couple special guests joining me today to talk about something that you should know about. It's an event that's coming up that uh, you could actually play a key role in supporting something very worthwhile. I'm talking with Kish and Michelle North, and let's let's talk about the event. First of all, just because people are very uh, online-oriented, is there a website or somewhere where you can direct them to, to get some information? Yes, they can go to OURrescue.org. 
Click on events and under the events, they will see the gift of freedom. And the dates are October 8th and 9th. It's a two-day event this year. Okay. And where will this be taking place? Um, This will be at the Experience Event Center in Provo, Utah. Okay. I have listeners throughout the state of Utah, and I would even encourage those of you who may ask to travel, even by plane or train if necessary, maybe you should consider going to this event. Let's talk about uh, what the event will look like, um, who is going to be there, because I, I expect you're going to probably see some some pretty recognizable names in attendance. Yes. So the our two-day event on October 8th, the hours are from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., and it is well worth the ticket price. So we're going to start off the evening at 5 p.m. Doors will open. Um, then we're going to be serving a nice, elegant buffet dinner served by um, Utah Custom Catering. And um, they will be serving a chef-carved um, beef uh, with au jus cream horseradish, chicken marsala, Um, some roasted baby potatoes, some squash medley, a summer salad, um, fresh rolls, and dessert. Oh, man. Um, You are making me so hungry. Am I making (laughs) you hungry? (laughs) It's going to be a really nice, elegant buffet dinner. Then on top of that, we are going to be having a Halloween performance by Warehouse Five Drum Theater. It's from the composer of Tummy Talk. And um, they were seen on America's Got Talent. And if you also go to YouTube, they have over a million um, views. So um, that's going to be a great performance. What they're going to do is they are going to give uh, perform a Halloween show. It's called Paranormal Percussion. So um, imagine hearing the song Halloween um, or like um, some kind of song from your uh, a horror movie. So they're going to be like the Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff like that. What they do is they play it with a full percussion um, ensemble of instruments um, like um, drums and um, cymbals. Yeah, cymbals, all all of those uh, instruments. And they play on their stomachs. They're not going to do that. No, they're not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) They did that one on uh, America's Got Talent. They were on the light. Okay, so then, I was hoping. <laughs> then we are going to be blessed to hear from the one and only Tim Ballard. He is going to be our guest speaker, and he is going to be um, talking about Operation Underground Railroad, and he's also going to be talking about the documentary. Um, it's called Operation Triple Take. Uh, we are going to be showing that after Tim speaks. Um, so Operation Triple Take is, like I said, it has never been seen before anywhere. Um, in this documentary, it's about three of the sting operations that took place in Colombia um, at the same time. I don't know if you've heard of the movie The Sound of Freedom that um, Operation Underground Railroad um, has done. It's a story about Tim Ballard, and it's about one of those sting operations in uh, Colombia that took place. This um, documentary is about three of the sting operations. So uh, we're very excited to be able to play that for um, the public. And this will be the first oh. public public showing of that movie. Yeah. Yes, the first wow. public. So you get dinner, you get Tim Ballard, you get a great Halloween um, performance by Warehouse Five Drum, and then you get um, Operation Triple Take. Okay. And that, that happens on Friday night. So and then uh, so tickets are on sale right now. Go to OURrescue.org, click on events, and then you'll um, be able to get in there and purchase a ticket. Uh, we only have a limited number of seats, so get those tickets fast. 
So on Saturday at the Experience Event Center as well, it goes from 9 to 4 p.m. Doors open at 9, and um, you will see a whole room filled with donations from businesses, uh, from individuals. We get ladies who love to sew, who sew things, and we sell it. Um, There's home decor, like I said, toys, jewelry, books, you name it. Everything there, 100% of the proceeds go back to OUR. Everything does. Wow. And so that's our day. Yes, it's a it's a busy week weekend. How many businesses did did you have to contact? Or do you have any idea how many how many different uh, you know well, businesses um, you spoke to? Yes, a lot. So <laughs> I've spoken over to, um, by email over 150. Wow. Um, I personally have gone out and door knocked. And I've been in businesses in Provo, Spanish Fork, gone in and out. And a lot of times I can't get in because I don't have a key card to get in the door. <laughs> so I'm just trying to walk everywhere, hand out my flyers. We just want people to know about the event and um, come enjoy and, and learn more about OUR, become an abolitionist, because that's what our goal is here, is to raise money to save children. Yeah, this, I mean, look, it sounds like, a, it sounds like there's going to be some great entertainment, some great food, a chance to meet and rub shoulders with some very notable people. But at the, at the base of it all, at the, underneath all of it is the desire to stop the, the trafficking of human beings, particularly children. And I think that's a pretty noble cause to be involved in. Yes, yes. And people, a lot of people don't want to hear about it. They don't want to hear about human trafficking. I have a friend that's like, don't tell me anything. But like Tim Bauer once said in one of his podcasts on on Slave Stiller, uh, you have to lose your innocence to be able to help save these children. Can you imagine if we all uh, ignored it and we said, no, I don't want to hear about it because it just hurts my soul. It'll give me bad dreams. I don't want to hear about it. If we all said that, nothing would get done. These children would not get um, be um, given the gift of freedom. So yeah. I'm thankful for Tim Ballard and his jump team and um, all the ex-Navy SEAL and military that are part of this um, eradicating uh, human trafficking because they are the ones that have to lose their innocence, what they see, what they go through to save a child. Okay. They're willing to do the heavy lifting, but they, they yes. need people to help provide the funds that make it possible. So yes. we're, we're down to we're down to about our last two minutes here. Um, I just want to I want to push people towards the website and make sure that they know where to get tickets. And as you mentioned, it's limited seating. So don't yes. don't uh, delay. If you want to be a part of right. this, this should be of a special interest to my listeners in southern Utah. Hey, if you're looking for a nice break. From all that beautiful fall weather, come up north. I don't know. Actually, maybe it's probably it's probably nice along the Wasatch, but you know, by early October. Tell us again the website. It is ourrescue.org. So O-U-R-R-E-S-C-U-E dot org. And then you click on the events link, and then under the events, you'll see um, all their events that they're having, but you'll see the gift of freedom. The gift of freedom. And it's a two-day event. Yes, but only the first day you need tickets for because okay. you know, it's all the entertainment. Um, and then for the next day on Saturday, if there's businesses out there that would like to donate, um, you can contact me. Um, I can give my email. Okay. Actually, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will put your email in the show notes 
So oh, we'll, we'll do that off the air because I, I don't want somebody driving down the road to, you know, drive off the road <laughs> trying to write it. What was yeah. that again? So I will have your email in the show notes, but um, definitely we'll get to get people involved here. If there's one takeaway that you would want our listeners to take away from this conversation, what would that be? I hope that somebody out there has learned something about human trafficking and what these kids go through. And I hope that it does something to their heart, to their soul, and they need uh, they want to do something and they want to donate. They want to start their own fundraiser because you can, everyone can do a little fundraiser, even if it's just a little lemonade stand. Um, everyone can raise money so we can help save a child. And I'll add to that, Brian, quickly is we, we, we lift where we stand. So as my wife says, if those can donate big things, great. If all you can do is a ticket, great. If all you can do is show up and shop, great for you. We'd love to see you. You can participate in multiple ways. That's what we're asking. Get involved. Okay. Kish and Michelle, thank you so much for being on my show. And I wish you the best of success in this. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. As you may know, this is uh, National Preparedness Month. Well, for a few more days anyway. And there is a special that I want to make my listeners aware of through uh, one of my sponsors, that being lifesavingfood.com. Yes, it's food storage. This is the ReadyWise food storage line. And some of the things that they have on sale, um, I, I'm going to point out one in particular, but then I want you to know, for my listeners, at least through September 25th, you can save 20% on whatever you buy. But this is one that really caught my attention because... Well, hunting season is upon us, and I know a lot of folks are headed for the hills, whether it's just for the exercise or the camaraderie or maybe to bring something home to put on the table. Here is a hunting bucket. Outdoor meals. This is something new. It's it's $99.99. And this consists of snacks and meals for three full days, six entrees, three breakfasts, three snacks, all packed in a grab-and-go bucket. I mean, this is perfect. Freeze-dried food. All you have to do is add water. You need something quick to snack on. Boom, you've got it. Looking for a drink to boost your calories, boost your protein. There it is. Full meal for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. No problem. Rip open one of the pouches, add water, wait for 10 to 15 minutes, and enjoy. Now, they have a lot of other items as well, including starter food kits or long-term supplies, survival kits, 72-hour kits. You get the picture. 20% off when you use the coupon code HYDE, H-Y-D-E, at checkout. There's a link in the show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com. Please take advantage of this. This special is good for my listeners only through September 25th. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about voluntary cooperation, how it's one of the, the best tools. In fact, it may be the greatest tool for solving human problems. But I don't hear a lot about cooperation these days. And, and I think that's because there's an, a totalitarian mindset that has crept in. And, and the, the totalitarians, I'm just going to be blunt, they're in power. You know, they, they seem to think, hey, we've got this thing locked down. We are winning. There's no way they're going to back off. 
But it's important that we understand what's at stake there. And this recent article from my friend Barry Brownstein is right on the money. Why totalitarians promote hate. Now, you've heard me talk about hate being the unspecified predicate, meaning it's, it's a bogus predicate in that it could be a catch-all for anything I don't like. You put, you put Miracle Whip on my sandwich? Why do you hate good food? Why do you hate me? You know, it, it can be misused. I think he's spot on, though. Barry Brownstein says, In upstate New York, 30 Lewis County General Hospital health clinicians resigned rather than take the mandated COVID shot. Six of those who resigned worked in the maternity unit. The hospital shut down the maternity unit until new nurses who are vaccinated can be recruited and hired. Now, other essential services could be curtailed as 73% of unvaccinated clinicians have yet to decide if they'll quit rather than be vaccinated. And recruitment of new nurses won't be easy since thousands of job openings for nurses in upstate New York are unfilled. Brownstein says, are these unvaccinated nurses and other healthcare professionals the true enemy, as one Democratic consultant called them? In the region served by the hospital, do families soon to experience the birth of a child feel safer now? that some of their formerly trusted healthcare professionals have been purged. Are some of the patients wondering why these healthcare professionals would sacrifice their careers? He says illiberal mandates violate bodily autonomy and arguably worsen health outcomes. So why are President Biden's advisors pushing them? Do Biden and his advisors sincerely believe mandates will end the pandemic? If so... James Harrigan explains, well, the logical absurdity of mandates. Or are they, and there's a nice link, by the way, in that article, in his article explaining this, or are they consolidating power by exploiting human nature and borrowing a page from the totalitarian playbook to exacerbate tribal differences? To understand the psychological roots of tribal fractures, he says, let's start with a story that's not about vaccine mandates. Larry David Yes, that Larry David from TV. He and Alan Dershowitz were close friends for 25 years until Dershowitz became one of Trump's impeachment lawyers. Now, in August, Dershowitz was having a cup of coffee with friends on the porch of a Martha's Vineyard general store. Larry David arrived and started screaming at his former friend. Dershowitz says, we can still talk, Larry. Larry David says, no, no, we, we really can't. I saw you. I saw you with your arm around, um, I think it was former Trump Secretary of State, Pompeo. It's disgusting. Dershowitz says, he's my former student at Harvard Law. I greet all of my former students that way. I can't greet my former students. Larry David says, it's disgusting. Your whole enclave, it's disgusting. You're disgusting. Now, Barry Brownstein points out, This wasn't a publicity stunt for the next season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. If you've ever watched Curb, you know the feelings of disgust run through many episodes. Larry's being called disgusting. He's calling someone or something disgusting. In art, Larry never beats his tormentors. Now, Larry David is 74 years old. Yet, like many of us, he hasn't learned not to toss his psychological trash on the side of the road. And the overwhelming sense of disgust that Larry feels for Alan is in Larry's mind. Angrily denouncing Alan won't solve Larry's problem. Larry can project the idea of disgust onto Alan, but the more he projects, the more he strengthens the idea of disgust in his mind. The more Larry projects, the more he wallows in his psychological trash. 
Barry Brownstein writes, Projection is our futile attempt to absolve ourselves of responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors by denying what exists in us while finding the same qualities in other people. Dershowitz was merely a symbol for how David sees himself. In The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey wrote, We see the world not as it is, but as we are. Of course, Larry's attempt to project is universal. What we block from our awareness, what we don't acknowledge, we seek to hurl out. But projection never works. Our psychological trash does not magically leave our mind when we demonize others. Now, Larry may have felt a temporary catharsis, but he was losing, not gaining, psychological freedom. David's psychological freedom comes from his decision to acknowledge his mind is the causative agent of his experience of reality. Importantly, politicians will exploit the human weakness to project. Using propaganda, they aim to drum into our minds scapegoats onto whom to project, on whom to, onto whom to project what we don't want to acknowledge in ourselves. Individuals who are psychologically free will be less susceptible to totalitarian propaganda. I think I saw a good example, by the way, of, of prop- this uh, totalitarian propaganda. David Frum, I can't remember all of the outfits he writes for, but he's a very nationally renowned writer and commentator and, and author. And I was reading a, a post of his, I think it was on Twitter, talking about how, well, you know, the stigma that we are attaching to the unvaccinated is deserved. It needs to be there. They are making decisions that affect other people and their lack of judgment or their ignorance needs to be stigmatized. And therefore, it's right that we do this. And it's like, wow, that's pretty tone deaf. <laughs> I mean, because because it couldn't be anything besides ignorance that uh, that would keep a person from uh, abstaining from accepting the, the vaccine. It couldn't be that they have questions and, and may wonder, is it really as healthy as I'm being told that it is? Back to Barry Brownstein's article. He next talks about totalitarian movements. And I love this quote from uh, social philosopher Eric Hoffer, who observed in The True Believer, mass movements can rise and spread without a belief in God, but never without a belief in a devil. Usually the strength of a mass movement, excuse me, is proportionate to the vividness and tangibility of its devil. So Hoffer recounts that before the final solution, when Hitler was asked whether he thought the Jew must be destroyed. He demurred, we should have then to invent him. It is essential to have a tangible enemy, not just a, not merely an abstract one. Hoffer continued with the story of a Japanese mission that arrived in Berlin in 1932 to study the National Socialist Movement. Journalist Friedrich Voigt asked a member of the mission what he thought of the movement. And the visiting delegate replied, It is magnificent. I wish we could have something like it in Japan, only we can't, because we haven't any Jews. We haven't got any Jews. Wow. Hoffer found, It is perhaps true that the insight and shrewdness of the men who know how to set a mass movement in motion, or how to keep one going, manifest themselves much as, as much in knowing how to pick a worthy enemy as in knowing what doctrine to embrace or what program to to adopt. Now we're going to come back to this in just a few moments, but uh, look, Barry Brownstein, everything I've seen him write has been informative. It has been enlightening, and this is no exception. So there is a link to this in the show notes. If you want to check it out for yourself, go to the 
and you will find a link to Barry Brownstein's article, Why Totalitarians Promote Hate. We'll come back and touch on this article, just the other side of these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. A quick shout out to the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. They are in St. George, Utah, but if you are buying a home in Utah, if you're one of the many, many people moving to the Intermountain West and Utah is going to be your landing place, this is the team I would encourage you to get in touch with when it comes to getting a uh, traditional loan, a reverse mortgage, a VA loan. Yep, they've got the experience, they've got the clout to get you the loan that you need and to do it in a timely fashion because in today's real estate market, that actually counts. You can contact Heather at 435-703-4522. If you're in St. George, swing by 619 South Bluff Street. Remember, Patriot Home Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. And Heather's NMLS ID is 715-386. So I'm sharing this article from Barry Brownstein. This was published by the American Institute for Economic Research. And it's about why totalitarians promote hate. You've got to have a, an enemy. And it's, it's, it's great for dividing people. It's great for manipulating people. It's great for promoting fear. And right now, the enemy for a lot of people is the unvaccinated, the unclean. Now, keep in mind, there's no proof whatsoever that this unvaccinated person has any illness whatsoever. But the fact that they are not on board with whatever else the herd is doing is enough to make them an enemy at least in the minds of the totalitarians. And sadly, a lot of people have bought into this. Going back to the article here where uh, Barry Brownstein was quoting Eric Hoffer, Brownstein writes, Nazi arg- Nazis argued that Jews were vermin that spread disease. And if you thought that most Germans saw through the propaganda and just went along because they were intimidated, well, you'd be wrong. German doctors claimed that Jews were especially responsible for outbreaks of typhus. They published essays claiming that Jewish people's supposedly low cultural level and uncleanliness were to blame. Well, yesterday's low cultural level has morphed into labeling the unvaccinated and those not in step with COVID policy as anti-science, who manifest villainous disregard for the safety of others. Now, after the invasion of Poland, German public health officials repeatedly urged occupation authorities to isolate Jews further from the rest of the population and deny them access to medicine. Now, Brownstein says anti-Semitism wasn't required to support the Nazis. In his essay, Safety is Found in Principles, Not Lies, he tells the story. In his book, They Thought They Were Free, by Milton Meyer, you hear the story of how ordinary Germans, we little people, as they referred to themselves, became Nazis. Meyer befriended these former Nazis and also examined the historical record to verify their stories. Consider policeman Willie Hoffmeister. Meyer relates the story of how in 1938, Hoffmeister was assigned the job of rounding up Jewish males for their own protection. Now, Hoffmeister was no Nazi thug. He was polite and respectful as he carried out his officious but deadly deeds. 
As Hoffmeister was taking into custody one Jewish man, he recalled being asked why the town synagogue was blown up that day. And he answered, they blew it up as a safety measure. Now today, Barry Brownstein writes, medical professionals are being terminated as a safety measure. No doubt some readers will be outraged by this historical comparison. Willie Hoffmeister was not aware of his mental blinders. Well, similarly, blinders block awareness of many today. Now, of course, not all policymakers advocating mandates have totalitarian goals, yet their good intentions don't matter. Illiberal means will lead to destructive ends. And in the face of widespread illiberalism, if we are resigned to thinking there is little we can do, we'll get the politicians we deserve. Yet there's much we can do. Understanding psychological freedom undoes the error of projection. And so Barry Brownstein counsels, watch your fear response. Fear is what drives the primitive part of the brain, the amygdala. In his book, The Fundamentalist Mind, Stephen Larson writes, if you wish to induce a state of compliance in your would-be constituency, it is clearly an advantage to frighten them. First, induce the amygdaloid fear response, then offer them a loaded choice. Be saved or be damned. To deploy coercive power, totalitarians need your fear. Next, he says, take back your projections. Eric Hoffer explained how totalitarians use a sense of grievance to drive people to submit to authority. Grievances will arise in your mind, but you don't need to hold on to them. Totalitarians can only exploit the hate in your mind that you cultivate. For a moment, forget about the more significant about more significant social issues and get personal. Take back your personal projections. Learn from Larry David's mistake. If you remain unaware of your projections, politicians will exploit your grievances. Next, he counsels, don't intellectually bully people. No matter what side of an issue you're on, don't make arguments that begin with, there is no other way, or all sensible people know, and the like. Larry Cosme, the president of the nonpartisan pro-vax Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, offered this guidance. Biden's executive order villainizes employees for reasonable concerns and hesitancies and inserts the federal government into individual medical decisions. People should not be made to feel uncomfortable for making a reasonable medical choice. Next, Barry Brownstein says, see the humanity in others. As Hoffer explained, when we don't see the humanity in others, we provide oxygen to authoritarians. So oppose authoritarianism by seeing the humanity in everyone you meet. The Vienna-born philosopher Martin Buber fed, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right, Buber, (laughs) fled Germany after Hitler came to power. In his best-known work, I and Thou, Buber observed that we see the world in one of two fundamental ways, I, Thou, or I, It. Seeing others as important as oneself is the I, Thou way. But through the I, It lens, others are seen as lesser objects who help us or are obstacles that get in our way. By the way, that pretty well describes how sociopaths see the world. So watch your mind as as you eye it your way through the day. The supermarket clerk who moves slower than you would like. The customer service representative not solving your problem. The driver who cuts you off on the highway. Watch how your mind turns them into its. Awareness of your thinking pattern helps you make different choices. Next, he counsels take responsibility. 
Hoffa wrote, There is no telling to what extremes of cruelty and ruthlessness a man will go when he is freed from the fears, hesitations, doubts, and vague stirrings of decency that go with individual judgment. Hoffer continued, When we lose our individual independence in the corporateness of a mass movement, we find a new freedom, freedom to hate, bully, lie, torture, murder, and betray without shame and remorse. He says, Herein undoubtedly lies a part of the attractiveness of a mass movement. We find there the right to dishonor, which, according to Dostoevsky, has an irresistible fascination. Hoffer taught that there are high personal and societal costs when individuals renounce their personal responsibility. And finally, he says, respect the extended order. In his book, The Fatal Conceit, Frederick Hayek explored the extended order, which is an order that, the, that is the product of voluntary human cooperation, not an order or a designed order based on coercion. Hayek wrote, Our civilization depends not only for its origin, but also for its preservation, on what can be precisely described only as the extended order of human cooperation, an order more commonly, if somewhat misleadingly, known as capitalism. Jonah Goldberg has observed, The market system is so good at getting people from all over the world to work together that we barely notice how much we're cooperating. Now, the residents of upstate New York now have fewer medical options. They're noticing the impact of less human cooperation as controls undermine the rights of individuals to make personal medical decisions. Brownstein says most of us would perish without the extended order. The few survivors would revert to a primitive existence. He says, today, notice how much you depend on human cooperation for fully stocked supermarkets, UPS and FedEx deliveries, the Internet electricity, and on and on. Totalitarians reduce human cooperation. Don't be a cheerleader for their illiberal schemes. Cultivate your psychological freedom to be less susceptible to totalitarian propaganda. Amen. Absolutely. He says, as human cooperation decreases and hatred increases, you too, not just the people the mandates are directed against, will suffer. The oxygen of capitalism is cooperation. The oxygen of totalitarians is hatred for differences. I like to put it this way, too. I think it was uh, my friend, the late uh, Will Grigg, who put it this way. He said it's more important. you, You should love liberty more than you hate your enemies. Think about that for a second. What is it that's driving Your desire to speak out, to stand up, to be counted. Is it love of something? Is it hatred of something? Wouldn't you rather be known for what you stand for than simply what you're against? This is The Brian Hyde Show.